What's happening, everyone? This is Jonathan Mathis, the sports judge. I am joined by Coach Dante. Welcome to another episode of the Judge's Corner. And, you know, we have a great time on this show. We have a blast every time we do this show. And if you're new to this show, you're in for a treat. You're in for a good show. We always have good content on here. We always have a lot to talk about. Man. Do we have a lot to talk about tonight? What's up, Coach Dante? How you feeling, man? How how you doing on this wonderful Wednesday? Hey, man, I'm feeling good out there. I'm feeling good, man. Happy to be back on the Judges Corner once again, man. Always a pleasure, man. We got some NCAA Conference Championships getting ready to uh, start already. NBA is heading down the stretch, and, you know, we got some interesting things and we're going to go over uh, tonight. So I'm happy to be a part of this show anytime I get the opportunity. It is 8.04 here on the West Coast. I know it is pretty late on the East Coast. It is 11.04 right now. But that's the time we do this show, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And, you know, Coach Dante, uh, he brings the facts. Uh, he comes correct on this show. And, and he is my tag team partner tonight. Uh, we got a lot of topics to dive into. Uh, first, we're going to get into John Morant because, man, this story continues to get worse uh, by the minute, by the by the second, by the hour. And, you know, I, I don't know what the future holds for J John Morant at this point because there's so much uncertainty around it. Uh, we'll talk about Lamar Jackson getting tagged. Um We'll we'll talk a little bit about the Denver Nuggets. Do they have enough to win an NBA championship? But first, we got to talk about John Morant since he is the headline uh, that's dominating the sports world right now. And, you know, Coach, you heard me give my take on a video. I'm pretty sure you've seen the video of me going off a little bit on John Morant because the bottom line is you can't justify this. What he did was stupid. What he did was stupid. You do not want to go to social media and there is an image of you holding a gun, showing off a, a gun. Why would you do that when you have so much going for you? Like, dude, everything, everything is going great for you. You, you, you have a sneaker deal with Nike. And mind you, Nike is the same is the same shoe company that, of course, ended their relationship with Kyrie Irving. But I feel like Kyrie Irving, yes, he shot off at the mouth. He said some things that a lot of people don't agree with. Yes, he made some racial comments. He said things uh, that had people outraged. But what John Morant did was far worse. This guy flashed a gun. And we all seen the image on his Instagram. You know, but I can tell you this, coach. John Morant is not about that life. So why is he trying to be something he's not? Why is he trying to act tough? See, this tough guy stuff is going to get him in a world of trouble. And you hear the, 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 the string of incidents 
you know, when you 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 look back to what occurred last summer during a pickup game at his house where he punched a 17-year-old 17-year-old in the face, there's a lawsuit pending against John Morant after that altercation that turned out to be a physical altercation. Then you hear about the mall incident, and that that's just silly to me. That's just silly and 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 dumb, just dumb, unbelievably dumb. You go to the mall, you try to confront a, a person in a store that your mom had an altercation with. So John Morant comes to the mall, but he comes to the mall not alone, he comes to the mall with nine other dudes. So what this tells me is that his entourage has a negative influence on him. And like I said, coach, you're your own person. He at the end of the day, John Morant is his is is his own person. And he got to be his own man and he's got to take the initiative and he's got to say, "You know what? I'm in a different life now." I have to change my lifestyle. I have to change the way I conduct myself as a person. I have to disassociate myself from these people. Because if I don't, I'm going to continue to go down the wrong path. And it could ruin everything for me. It could ruin my entire career. It can end my relationship with Nike. And then another thing, he's the face of Powerade. You just saw the commercial ad that where his dad is narrating it. I mean, come on now, man. You got so much going on for you. You got a daughter. You got to set an example for her. You got to be a father to her. But yet you're out here seen on an image with a gun. And, and you know, I don't want to place all the blame on his dad. But a lot of it has to do with upbringing. And a lot of it has to do with the people they have an influence on you. And yes, your dad has an influence on you because your dad treats you like you're his boy and not his son. And see, you have to be able to separate the two. There's boundaries. You know, as a parent, you can't be your child's best friend. You got to be a parent. And, and that's the problem with our youth today. A lot of these parents now... They treat their kids like they're their friends. And that's where T. Morant goes wrong. You know? And I think he needs to be there for his son. He needs to uh, uh, give him that proper guidance. Not only do you provide that unconditional love and support, but you got to provide the proper guidance for this guy. You, you got to protect him, be there for him. And now this is a time when John Morant needs support, his support system because he is obviously crying for help and he obviously needs some type of direction and to talk to someone to get advice on how he can turn his life around. Because if he doesn't turn his life around, coach, I hate to say it, but he's going to self-destruct. And you know what? I want the best for this kid. I want to see him shine because we haven't seen anyone in the Memphis Grizzlies organization like this ever.
This is the first time that they that they've had a generational star, a guy who is making close to two hundred million, if not two hundred million, a and yet you want to kick it with the wrong crowd. That's going to get you in trouble, Coach. I'm going to hand it over to you now. The floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, like I said, like you said, uh, you you spot on a good point on one of them. Uh, his daddy and his parents, you know, they kind of treat him like a little boy at times, and they baby him at times. And like I say, and around being around the road crowd can get you definitely caught up. Get you definitely caught up. You look what's going on with Alvin Kamara in, in the NFL. Same situation. Almost killed the man, beat the man up so bad, and killed the man. You still gonna have to live live with that. But him making these crazy decisions. But also, it's all about holding yourself accountable, too, as a person, as a man. And like I say, this guy is one of the, is one of the best talented point guards or in players, a player in our league, man. And the way the Grizzlies organization happened when they got him, the way they came up, when they got this guy, the Memphis organization – been uh electric ever since then. When is the last time since probably Marcus Gasol or Paul Gasol they had a franchise player, you know, kind of like this? They haven't had that in a long time, and he's the franchise player. But him going out there, you know, showing a gun on social media, you know how fast stuff get out on social media. You're showing basically the whole world what you're doing. And again, this is unfortunate for John Morant, but like right now, you know, he needs the support. He need help. Uh, he uh need a little probably need a little bit of counseling, but uh he needs his teammates and he needs his coaching staff and everybody his family. He needs some love and support around him. But right now, this is kind of unfortunate with John Morant doing. Not only he hurting himself, he's hurting the team. He's hurting the Memphis Grizzlies because Memphis Grizzlies still can do enough to make the playoffs, but they won't win a championship without a John Morant up on this basketball team. And uh, John Morant has to hold himself accountable. Have to hold himself accountable. But like I say, what you do at home, hey, you, you come out, you, you do it in real life. What you do at home, it results some it results out there somewhere, right there, you know, in the club when he was holding that gun. Uh he you can tell he does it at home. You can tell he does it at home. And that's gonna start with that starts basically with the parents. It starts basically with the parents and how uh you know they uh they raise they raise them up, but again, you know, he's gotta hold himself accountable. He's gotta he's gotta realize he's a grown up, he's in the NBA, he's a professional, so uh, you're not a little boy anymore. You got to take some accountability for what you have done. And we could give him some credit for that, right? Because he did take accountability. He did issue a statement that seemed very apologetic. But, of course, you got to mean it, right? You got to mean it. You owned up to it. That's the, st that's the start. But now your actions will speak louder than words. You know, you got to show us that you are willing to turn your life around, to make smarter choices in life that won't get you in trouble, you know, and stop associating with everyone because everyone's not good for you. Some people are very toxic and you don't want those people in your life when you're trying to be very successful. You're trying to be the successful superstar player. You know, you already built generational wealth, wealth for your family, and you don't want to lose it. And and I, I mean, I love this guy. I, I mean, I respect the hell out of his game. 
Um, I respect the hell out of him. And, and I, I'm not sitting here saying he's a bad guy. You know, because John Morant obviously may not have bad intentions, you know. But the dude does need to, you know, talk to someone. Obviously, he does need a he does need some help. Um, he needs to think smart, use his head, you know, stay out of trouble. Um, because look, the last thing you want is to ruin your career over something stupid. You know, and like they say, it, it takes 20 years or more to build a reputation. It only takes seconds to lose it. You know, this, this looks bad on him. And this is only something that he can resolve. Nobody else can do it for him. I hope he gets whatever help he needs. I hope, you know, he's able to um, come back from this because I think he can and I think he will. And I think he will grow up because that's what that's what that's what it comes down to. You know, now it's, it's time to put on your big boy pants. It's time to put on your big boy pants and say, you know what? I'm going to do better. I'm going to focus more on, on, on basketball because this to me is a, is, is a self, a selfish and reckless act because not only does it affect you, but it also, it also affects your team as well because you are the face. You are the face of that franchise. The, this is an up and coming team that is eager to build around you because they know they can build around you. They know that you, you are a hyper, you know, uh, extremely athletic guard. They know what, what you bring to the team, you know? So I, I just hope that he turns it around, but right now it's not looking good for him at all. He, hey, you know, I'm hearing rumors that he could be suspended for 50 games. That's unprecedented. There was people talking about that today. Um, but you know what? I have no sympathy for him. If he does have to serve a 50 game suspension, maybe he'll actually learn from that, from serving that 50 game suspension. Maybe yep. that's what he needs. If his yep. dad isn't whooping his ass, maybe the NBA got to whoop his ass really yep. good. You know, Definitely. hell with a timeout in the corner. Whoop his ass really good. Make him feel it. You know, and and hopefully he learns from it. And yep. don't make the same damn mistakes that he's been making because this is concerning. Then you heard about the Indiana Pacers incident where he yep. got in the car with a, a friend and they followed the team bus and someone on the team bus said, a, a a red light was pointing at them and they believed it was a gun. So you hear that story as well. So, I mean, this has been an ongoing issue with Job Moran. It, it's not the first time that we've that we've encountered this with Job Moran. But he gotta get his, he he gotta clean up his act. He gotta clean up his act, or you know, he's gonna be in, in some serious trouble. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely uh he's definitely gonna be in some serious trouble. 
He ain't no if you're in the NBA, no slaps on the wrist, man. If you're gonna suspend him, I for real, I think that's what he needs. He needs some time off from the NBA. He needs uh, a little vacation. Now I think that uh 50 game suspension suspension will will uh wake him up and it will give him it will it will give him some time to think about the choice that he has uh definitely made. Maybe he comes back a better person next year because again, he's he's hurting himself. He's hurting his teammates as well. He's hurting the guys on that team, on that team as well. And this team is a really good uh, Western Conference team if he's in there. Western Conference uh, Finals team uh, if he if if he can uh, stay help if he can stay on the court. But the problem is, like I said again, um, he got. I'm glad that he held himself accountable. But no slaps on the wrist. Make him pay for it. Uh, make him go out. Make him pay for it. And I think a 50 game suspension is definitely what he needs to wake him up. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think so too. I, I think that will be a wake up call for him. Um, you know, I, and I, I'm a person who believe in harsh punishment. That's just me, but uh, coach, we're going to move on now. We're, we're going to talk a little NFL and then we're going to come back to NBA, but we, we're going to go into the NFL because another big story is Daniel Jones. Giants quarterback. Now, Daniel Jones got a hefty penny. Hefty. Daniel Jones is getting paid. Daniel Jones is getting paid. And you hear people talking about it. You know, I've been one talking about it. Um, I I said that it's an overpay. Of course, people got on my case for saying it's an overpay. People say, I don't understand business. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But look, Daniel Jones agreeing to a four-year, $160 million contract on Tuesday. I mean, that's a lot of money for a quarterback who only really had one good season, had a legendary playoff performance in, in, in the playoffs. He, I mean, he, he came to life in that game. And I, I believe that was against, was it against the Vikings, right? Yeah, it was against uh, the fraudulent Vikings. Right, right, right. The the team that, uh, the team that put on a, a good facade, right? That kind of uh, fooled us to believe and, and made us <laughs> yeah. believe that they were going to yeah. go a lot further. And didn't <laughs> right, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Daniel Jones did his best impersonation, or at least, yeah, did his best impersonation of Joe Montana. And now you hear all these people hollering, saying, Oh my god, he is a franchise quarterback, he is the next Joe Montana, he is the next Tom Brady. Stop, put the brakes on it. He is not the next Tom Brady. The reason he got paid what he got paid is because quarterbacks are in high demand nowadays, right? It's it's supply and demand. That's exactly what it is. So the market continues to reset itself. The market continues to go up for quarterbacks. And because of the timing and because of the market, any quarterback could get paid nowadays. It just seems that way. You saw Dak Prescott get paid a few years back. Daniel Jones just got paid. 
Any quarterback can get paid in the National Football League if they have one good season. That's what it tells me. So Daniel Jones is getting uh, his bag of money. He got the financial security now. And don't get me wrong. This is this is not this is no disrespect to Daniel Jones. Um, I I I, I have nothing against him. I like Daniel Jones. Uh, the Giants clearly feel that they found their franchise quarterback and seem uh, content with him. Um, and now I guess the intent is to finally surround him with the right pieces. Now you already got Saquon Barkley, one of the best running backs in, in the NFL. And I think he has complimented with Daniel Jones's game as well. Um, but I mean, Jones, Jones got paid and, and Jones average annual value in the contract checks in is at 40 million per year. Uh, which I believe ranks him as tied for the seventh highest paid quarterback in the league in, in, in terms of top line value. You know, so, I mean, this man's getting paid, but now he's got to live up to the hype. He's got to live up to that contract. Uh, the onus is on him, right? There, there is going to be a lot on his shoulders now. So what this does, this put more pressure on Daniel Jones to perform, you know, to be that franchise quarterback that they think he can be, you know, um, is he going to help this offense? Sure. Because of who is the coach, Brian Dable proved himself after one season in New York, he came to that team and engineered one hell of a turnaround in one year. And Jones took a step forward in his first season under quarterback-friendly head coach Brian Dayball. So I always mess up on his name. I always screw it up. I either say Dayball, Dayball, whatever. But you, you, you understand what I'm saying. Um, but I think he has helped Daniel Jones finally earn his payday by, you know, coming in there, uh, being the mastermind that he is, and it has really improved the play of Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones is getting paid, but let me ask you, is he worth this much money is this an overpay is this is is this is this too much for a guy who in some people's eyes is still a little bit unproven who still has some more to show you know i understand jones uh completed a career high 67.2% of his passes for 15 scores while running for an additional uh, 708 yards with seven scores. He he took a big leap under De Bowl, despite some injuries and inconsistent play around him. He did a pretty good job. You know, so is this an overpay? Or how do you feel about this, coach? Well, I think it's an overpay, but uh again, I think it's some uh I think it's some good uh, potential there for Daniel Jones. And people, a lot of people forgot about Daniel Jones' rookie year. 
he did play well his actual rookie year before he took another a uh, couple of steps back. Uh, but um, again, you know, Kyler Murray got paid after stinking up a playoff game. After stinking up a playoff game, he got paid. Uh, Deshaun Watson hasn't played in almost damn in two years. He gets paid 230 mil. But somehow, you know, Lamar Jackson can't get paid, can't get paid because of his injury history all of a sudden. But you got guys that don't – sometimes they don't even play football. You know, they ain't even on the field, on the field consistently. That's uh, not on the field getting paid. Like Kyler Murray getting paid uh, 250 mil. Uh, you got, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson hasn't played in two years, getting paid over uh, 230 mil. But Lamar Jackson can't get paid. He can't get his money. But other than that. Uh, Daniel Jones is a serviceable quarterback in this league. Uh, he definitely, uh, what I don't know what consistent weapons he had. Sterling Shepard, he needs to consider retirement every time he get every time he comes back, he gets hurt. He he gets really he gets hurt, and it's a season ending injury every time he gets he gets back on the field. So he need, I think he needs to consider retirement at some point. Um, yeah, uh, Slay. Yeah, uh, Darius Slayton. Yeah, Slayton out there who had a 700 yard receiving year, but that was only his first solid year. Yeah, Isaiah Hodgins out there who had an okay year, but again, he doesn't really have consistent weapons on a consistent basis. Uh, the offensive line kind of struggled a little bit, uh, still having the same problems that they had last year. Uh, their top rookie, uh, prospect last year, Evan Neal. Uh, Evan Neal didn't perform really well. Very disappointed how he played. Kayvon Thibodeau wasn't the Kayvon Thibodeau in Oregon. Give him a little bit of time, but this is definitely, you know, Brian Dabo kind of did a good job. He did a hell of a job with Daniel Jones this year of uh, helping him with his decision-making, you know, installing the offense that fits his sk skill set even more. I think it is overpay. I don't think Daniel Jones is a $40 to $35 million running quarterback, but again, uh, you know, I see why they I see why they paid him and he is their franchise quarterback. I mean, it's the market again. You have one good season or two good seasons, and hey, you have a bounce back season. Hey, get paid. Geno Smith, you didn't expect him to start this year. He had to he put up his best season ever. What happened to him? He got paid. He got paid. Uh, he got paid. So this is the mark. Is this, you know, if you have any type of potential, some type of potential, you will get paid. That that's just a that's just a market that's just a uh, value of the quarterback position or where it's going, and you know we'll see if he can do it again next year. But Brian Davo Davo definitely did a great job installing the offense that definitely fits his skill set, and it worked last year with average wide receivers. With no what what give me one of those wide receivers that can go on the field right now and play as a first stream as a first or second stream. I don't think it's none of those receivers on that team. Get, get on any team in the NFL and play on a second and um, be a second or a second team or first uh team quarter uh, wide receiver, the receiver that he had to really work with. So he deserved a little bit of a pass, but I don't I still don't think he's a $35 million quarterback. It wasn't overpaid, but hey, uh, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, it's some it's some slight potential that with Daniel Jones. There's a potential that with him. Yeah, like you said about Brian DeBall, he he changed the culture. He instilled confidence in those players. And, you know, that's just the byproduct of his coaching abilities and his leadership abilities and his, his know-how in 
transforming quarterbacks to be very successful and it, it has worked uh tremendously for Daniel Jones the past season. What's up, Brett? 40 million a year to check the ball down to Barkley caused the Giants because the Giants don't have any weapons. Yeah. Yeah. The Giants don't have a lot of weapons. And the Giants are not a flashy team with a lot of flashy names. But, you know, and that's probably why they didn't get the credit that they deserved and why a lot of people didn't talk about them. But they have a coach uh, that makes the best out of what he has. And, you know, with the limited talent that they do have, he somehow made it work and made it to where they – looked like a more interesting team last season, and they were. Uh, they overachieved. They overachieved. A lot of people didn't expect the Giants to have the season that they had last season. It was a magical run. It was an incredible run. Uh, Brian DeBall came in there and, and and you know, again, uh, transformed that team into a, a playoff contending team in just one year. Very impressive stuff, but man, we we talked about Daniel Jones. Now we're gonna move on to a team that's in, you know, within the proximity of where I'm at. Um, you probably get the idea, Coach. Uh, what our next topic is gonna be, and that is the Los Angeles Lakers, because the Los Angeles Lakers are suddenly hot now. Now, Coach, I will tell you this. I'm not as optimistic as most Laker fans are because you know how I am, right? You win a few games, uh, that that still doesn't tell me enough about you, you know, uh, this late in the season. Um, winning games is nice, right? That That's what it's all about, winning games. That's what you play. Hello, you play to win the games. You know, I think Herm Edwards told us that uh, years back, you play to win the game. So, it's encouraging to see what the Lakers are doing um, with this tough schedule of theirs. Um, the, the Lakers look really good. The Lakers are climbing the standings for the NBA playoffs. They currently hold a spot in the play-in. So, if the season was to end today, they would be in the play-in. And despite still being below 500 at 32 and 34, the Lakers have moved into position to be part of the play-in tournament. Um, They beat the Golden State Warriors uh, the other night. The Lakers are just two games back of the Golden State Warriors. Warriors for sixth place in the Western Conference. Um, should the Lakers manage to continue climbing the standings, they would secure a spot in the playoffs without needing to qualify uh, for the play-in games. They're on a two-game winning streak, and they they, they are seven and three in their last ten games. That's without Russell Westbrook, by the way. Um, and they return to the court on Friday for a matchup against the Toronto Raptors, who the Clippers are currently playing right now. 
Anthony Davis has been an absolute monster. Anthony Davis is able to maximize his talent without LeBron on the floor. He is showing up. He is showing up. He is showing up and he is showing out. He is balling. He is putting up. He is putting up some ridiculous numbers right now. And did you see him the other night? I mean, it's a different mindset. It's a different mindset. This dude wants to win. This dude is putting the team on his back. You know, I mean, they're, 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 there's a lot on his shoulders. But he is showing everyone that he can handle. He can handle the heavy load. You know, that he is taking on the leadership. And his teammates are following. They're following. He's the leader, and they're following their leader. And you're getting a lot of contributions from Austin Reeves. How often do you see a player come off the bench and get eight assists? You don't see that too often, right? You never hear that. In fact, you don't hear that. that that's not typical that a player comes off the bench, someone from the second unit, and distributes the basketball the way Austin Reeves does. Austin Reeves is a is a great shooter. He's knocking down shots in big moments. You know, you're getting a lot from Troy Brown Jr. He was absolutely amazing last night. I watched that game last night and man, it it was it it, it was it was wow. It was wow. All these guys are peaking at the right time. The Lakers are not out of it yet. They're, they're still fighting for their lives, and they're, and they're very well alive. What do you think of this Laker team now, and do you have a different perspective on things now that this team is starting to pile up some wins? First of all, I want to give a big shout-out to Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis is on my fantasy team. And when Anthony Davis is playing well and on my fantasy team, I don't, I didn't, I, I don't, I haven't, I don't think I lost with Anthony Davis. Oh, uh, long as I had Anthony Davis on my fantasy team. But when he's off, I lost by four games in a row, four games. But when I when he's back in the lineup, I didn't lose. But that's because how valuable Anthony Davis is. And he's showing right now. When we called him out the other day, last weekend, and we said he has to step up and be the guy, it seemed like it worked. We called him out, me and you called him out and said he has to be the guy. And it worked yesterday. He was great yesterday, man. Austin Reeves off of the bench is really, really good. Shoot. Defense looked good, very good out there. Jared Vanderbilt, his hustle. I can't rave enough about him, man. Uh, this dude hustle, rebounding, it's really it's uh solid. Uh, so that's a type of player, like I say, that you want in your locker room. A guy, no matter how many points you're down. Fight throughout the whole game. Just fight, hustle, dive on the floor, getting a rebound. You know, whether it's a steal, getting his hands up in a passing lane. Troy Brown Jr. looked at awesome yesterday with his three-point shooting. Uh, and the Lakers' ball pressure has been really, really good. And Anthony Davis also being a rim protector as well. So this Lakers team shooting the ball better. Malik Beasley struggled yesterday. But guess what? He's not afraid to shoot the ball. And you need guys like that. You need guys like that. And the Lakers are doing a good job. I mean, I'll say they, they would compete for a playing tournament. 
I don't think they get up to the sixth seed. I think Dallas finds a way to hold on to it, or the Clippers gets the sixth seed, or the Clippers somehow, you know, miraculously get on a run and get and hold on to the sixth seed. I think the playing tournament, you know, is by far as they get, by far as they get. But other than that, playing tournament, they could lose the playing tournament uh, game, but they also could win it. If LeBron James can get back in the playoffs, if they can find a way to win that playing tournament game, and LeBron gets back in the playoffs, they get a very they get a very good opportunity. But I think playing game and the best case scenario, you know, get into the playoffs and get someone to run. But I don't think they be in the farther than that. I really don't think the roster is good enough to be a championship team or good enough to win a first round series if they do make the playoffs. I don't think it's good enough. But right now they're really good. Right now they're doing a great job. They're winning the games. They're winning these playoff contention games. There's still some tough games down the stretch that they need to uh, take care of business. It's going to be tough without LeBron James again. He's still going to be some tough games, but they're right now they're doing a great, great job right now on the defensive side of the ball. And Darvin Ham gets all the credit, gets some credit too for how well he's motivating these guys. He's having these guys come out and play basketball. They're definitely making a, a strong push in this final stretch. Uh, no doubt about it. And Anthony Davis is everything the Lakers need him to be. He's everything they need him to be. He's setting the tone. He's been the table setter. I like the way he's been. He's been attacking the the paint, uh, finishing you know inside the paint. Um, he's been knocking down his jump shots. And and you just said moments ago that's been. That's been the huge difference difference for the Lakers, actually. They're finally making shots. You remember when the season first started? They were missing a ton of shots. Yep. It was brick after brick after they brick. They were the worst shooting team in the league. <laughs> right. They were the worst, worst shooting team in the league. And now they're starting to shoot the ball efficiently. Uh, they're starting to knock down their shots when they need to. Um, they they cut down the turnovers. Uh, so the turnover ratio has been uh, – uh, down as of late. Uh, so they're protecting the basketball. Uh, you got guys that's dominating uh, the boards. Um, the Lakers just look like a completely different team after that overhaul, after you saw uh, the trade. Um, since the trade, uh, they, they've been um, a more of an efficient team. Uh, they've been a collective bunch. And that's what you're seeing too. You're you're seeing the togetherness. You're seeing the the you're seeing unity. Uh, this team actually is clicking. Um, and their the chemistry's there now. The chemistry there, the talent is there, and Anthony Davis. But the big key again with Anthony Davis, and I sound like a broken record when I say this, is help because we all know he can be unreliable when he's sidelined, and the Lakers need him to be healthy because he's that critical piece. He's that critical piece. Without him, you're not going very far because you're already without LeBron James. So you need him to stay healthy. You need to keep your fingers crossed every night that he is in the lineup healthy and that he's able to play. Brent leaves a comment and says the matchups would have to break perfectly if they make the playoffs for them to make a run. Yes, matchups. It's all about matchups in 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 any postseason, the NFL, NBA. Uh, it comes down to matchups uh, when the games get more 
serious and when there is stiffer competition. So yes, absolutely. Um, that That's a great point there as well. Um, our next topic is actually an NBA topic. It's the Denver Nuggets. We're going to talk about the Denver Nuggets because the Denver Nuggets to me, and, and look, I I like the Denver Nuggets. I think they're one of the most complete teams in all of basketball. They're well coached. Um, they have arguably the most dominant player in the game. They you you can make the argument that Giannis is the best player in the NBA. I, I've been hearing that. People been saying that that he's the best player in the NBA. And and this coach could statistically be his best the best year of his career. This could really be the best year of his career because you got this guy's out here averaging triple doubles. This guy's out here is out here, uh, um, and he's an absolute workhorse. And you know when you look at what Jokic does, man, he is fearless. He is relentless. He's a beast. The dude's an absolute beast. So this Nuggets team, man, they could go very far. Do they have enough? To, to reach the playoffs. I can't say this. The, the Nuggets are the best team Mike Malone has ever coached. This Nuggets team this season is the best team he has ever coached. And the Nuggets in the past, they've overachieved. You know, they, they, they went through some growing pains um, of a young group. Uh, there was season-long injuries, and now you could say they finally have it together. Um, they've been the best team in the league all year. Uh, there's no question about it. But you know, you saw the Phoenix Suns uh, and what they did, and their catas- catastrophic problems over the last couple uh, of seasons as well. Uh, you see that the Clippers are not um, convincing in the playoffs, and they remind you of that tip of a typical regular season team uh, under Tyron Lue, um, and and you can almost say that they're not going anywhere. The Dallas Mavericks, man, uh, they don't scare anyone. Yes, they got Luca, and they got they got um, of course uh, Kyrie Irving. But who's going to defend? I, I mean, that team is horrible defensively. You know, yes, we know they're going to score on the offensive end, but I, I think that's a that's a first-round exit. I think the Dallas Mavericks are a first-round exit. I was watching the game tonight, and the Pelicans uh, uh, were ab- obliterating them. The, the Pelicans completely had full control in that game. You know, so the Dallas Mavericks, man, they don't convince me much. The Clippers, are they going to perform another choke job? The Phoenix Suns, the big question with them, yes, they got the big three. They got Kevin Durant, who slipped tonight on the floor. I don't, I, I know you heard, um, and it looked like he tweaked his ankle. I don't know what happened. He rolled his ankle or something. Now he's out with an injury. Uh, but you got the big three. You got Devin Booker. Of course, you got... Uh, you got uh, Chris Paul, the floor general. Now, he's not making shots like he used to. He's not knocking down shots, but he can still run the floor successfully well. He can still be the brains of the operation, and he's going to make sure his guys get shot, get shots and everything. He's going he's gonna to make sure he distributes the ball 
because he knows how to how to run the floor, and you know he's gonna make sure he's gonna make sure the offense runs smoothly. But the question with the question with the Phoenix Suns coach is that they don't have enough depth. Who's gonna come off the bench and be that guy for the Phoenix Suns? And in the playoffs, you need a bench. You need a reliable bench in the playoffs because what if one of your superstar players get in foul trouble? Anything can happen. What if what if one of your superstar players go down with an injury? Then what? You know who, who's going to be that next guy to step up? And and that's that's the that's the thing with the Phoenix Suns. So uh, back to the 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 Nuggets, man. The Nuggets are way deeper than they were before. Um, the Nuggets have Jokic, uh, Jamal Murray, he can ball, Michael Porter Jr., he's living up to his contract, you know, uh, now, I, I know he can be a, a, I know Porter can be a defensive liability, um, you know, uh, but I believe he earned the team's defensive player of the game award, um, in, in Thursday's one twenty. Two ninety-one destruction of the Clippers. Um, you know, um, I mean, uh, earlier in the month. Yeah, it was early in the month. Yeah, I'm looking at something totally different. I was looking at something back in January. My my mistake. Uh, But even he stepped up on defense as well. So, I mean, the Nuggets, man, they they got a good team. What do you think? Do you think this Nuggets team can finally get to the NBA Finals? Do they have enough to surpass the Phoenix Suns? Yeah. Do they have enough to take down the Phoenix Suns? Are the Clippers or any of those uh, uh, top-notch teams in the West? Yes, I think they have more than enough. Uh, I think they they're my team to get picked to get to the finals. You know, I don't, I don't trust Phoenix at all. I don't trust them at mm-hmm. all. Um, it's got. I don't care if they do got Kevin Durant. We've seen Phoenix folding under pressure when it matters the most. We've really seen that. And Chris Paul also has some moments when he fell. Devin Booker, you know, he has moments last uh, year, two years ago in the NBA Finals and last year when they got beat by 30-plus points versus Dallas. The whole team didn't show up. So they have some – they have, they had their opportunities. And, you know, uh, but I think Denver is the best team in the Western Conference. Uh, you can make an argument, you know, they're probably the best team in the NBA at this point. Right now, now that Boston had lost two straight games, yeah, they did end up beating Portland tonight. They end up beating Portland tonight. But other than that, Jokic yeah. makes this team better. Uh, Jokic didn't have his two best players last year. He didn't have a Jamal Murray last year. He didn't have a Michael Porter Jr. who's been out with a back injury, uh, who's back probably give him problems. Aaron Gordon, you know, couldn't play the way he want because Michael Porter Jr., and uh, you know, Jamal Murray wasn't on the floor. Now uh Aaron Gordon, that third is that probably that fourth piece that's helping yeah. him out. He could have damn been an all-star this year. So when you add that up in that, I think that Mike Malone is a very great head coach, man. He he commands respect of his players. He got yep. respect for the coaches in the league. The players are buying in. He he is a tough coach, he's a really tough coach, and he's got these players. And all of a sudden, now you got some leadership with uh we're at the point backup point guard position in Reggie Jackson. You got a, a veteran locker room presence in uh, 
and uh, Green and uh, Jeff Green in that locker room, DeAndre Jordan. So you got some good locker room guys as well who's been there, who's won games in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, KCP. Also, KCP is a good locker room guy who got uh, championships, who got uh, won a championship with the Lakers. So you got yep. a good culture down there in Denver, and they are very disciplined. But it starts with Nikola Jokic and Nikola Jokic. I wouldn't like – if you were to tell me Nikola Jokic was the best, probably one of the, uh, the best player in basketball, even though I read, I think it's Giannis. If you tell me Jokic is better than Joel Embiid, you will not get an argument for me at all. You will not get an argument for argument with me at all. It's borderline. You can go either way, Joel Embiid yeah. or Jokic. You can go however you want it. But if you telling me Jokic is better than Joel Embiid, you will not get not one argument for me. I think he's that very good. And it's sad how people get upset at him and say he's overrated because he won the MVP last year. You can't ignore the triple-double. You can't ignore this, what this guy puts up every single year. A triple-double as a big man, as a big man running the offense, passing the ball, not just pass, not just passing the ball, not just setting everybody up. It's the passes that he makes. He makes passes if he's a point guard, like if he's a point guard. Yeah, he makes behind the back passes. He makes law passes as a point. like he's shot creation. He creates yep. shots for his team, and yeah, this is beautiful. What you're seeing out of Nicole Jokic, a seven foot big man. He doesn't. Yes, he he's lack of days go a little bit on defense. He tries. He gives the effort, but he makes his team better. And if you tell was to tell me he's one of the, he's the best player in the league, or if you used to tell me he's better than Joel Embiid, you would not get an argument. But yes, I think they got enough. To win it, go to the NBA finals and win it. My, I think dude, my dude plays like a guard, and he's like you said, yeah. a seven footer, and he's playing like a guard. He's like yeah. a, he he's like a floor general out there, basically. You got a big man who is a floor general, but Brant left a comment and he says the Nuggets play a lot of drop coverage due to the limitations of Jokic and Thomas Bryant which allows mid-range and pull-up threes. Having three of the best mid-range shooters and two pull-up assassins assassins to attack the drop is something the Nuggets will struggle with defensively. That is true. That's a good point. Yeah, but I also think they can I also think they got enough that can contain that. Uh KCP is a good defender. Uh, Jamal, I mean, you got uh, Michael Porter, you got Aaron Gordon, who's a very good defender as well. So, you yeah. got guys that can hold up, that can hold down the fort, you got guys that can hold down the fort, especially if it won't work, it won't, it won't make it no good if the Suns can't stay healthy either. It won't make it no good if they can't stay on the floor. So, I believe yeah. this, I believe this Nuggets team can compete with anybody. I believe they can play with anybody I in the Western so Conference. I believe they can play with anybody in the Western Conference, but I also think. Uh, the Warriors they're in six right now. I think that's a matchup. Uh, if in Phoenix and them end up meeting, I think that's a matchup everybody's gonna really pay attention to right now. Pay attention to right there. And I think the borderline, like I say, if I was to see that matchup right there, I'm actually would go for the Warriors. To be honest, I actually would pick the Warriors until I see some improvement out of out of uh you know Phoenix. Until I see it. Until I until I just see it, I think I still will still think the Warriors, the team to beat when they get themselves healthy, when they're right, the Warriors can be tough. They can beat anybody. So you know, fair enough, fair enough. I I like it. I mean that that's not 
too far fetched. I mean, it it makes a lot of sense when you look at the roster and and how the Nuggets look and how good they've been all year. They played they played some of the best basketball all year long. It seems so. Um, yeah, I mean that that is actually a, a decent pick. Um, yep. If you ask me to see the Denver Nuggets coming out of the West. And they do have plenty of weapons. They they are a complete team that gets overlooked because people are constantly talking about the Golden State Warriors, the Los Angeles Lakers, even though they're fighting for a playoff spot, people still talking about the Lakers. That's because because they're wrapped around so much mystique, and that's because of their rich history and and who they are. Uh, But uh, before we get out of here, because we're running out of time, man, we've been here talking and, and, you know, just having a great – conversation about sports yep. but before we get out of here man i want to ask you a question and this is a baseball question okay will the pitch count be a problem later on how do you feel about the pitch count i'll tell you how i feel about it after. yeah uh i think the pitch count will be some type of a problem it's already a problem in training in spring training uh yeah. when you look at a couple of these i looked i was doing a couple of astros games you know, it's already seemed to be a problem. Batters struggling to set up in the box. The batters got eight seconds to at least get ready in the box. So they don't got time like they used to do last year, get ready for their approach. You yeah. know, um, tell a, uh, well, you can still call time, but you don't got that type of time, you know, to get ready to see what you're going to, uh, what's the game plan going on with these pitches. But I also think, I think the timing will be, I think, Pitchers are gonna get used to the uh get used to the timing. I think some of the pitchers that you know that's coming out of the minor leagues and stuff like that, they're already used to a timing because they got a timing in minor league in the minor league system. They they got a timing over there. But I think for the first couple of weeks, it's gonna give some pitchers some trouble knowing that they got a, they got within 14 seconds, 15 seconds to get to get a pitch off. Uh I think you're gonna see a lot of stolen bases. Because pitchers are gonna have to rush to get rush to the plate a little bit, so I think you're gonna see a lot of stolen bases, and I think the shift is gonna help out a lot of left-handed batters. I think the shift is gonna help out a really lot, lot of left-handed batters because those those shifts were killing, killing people, killing people, and the uh, middle of the field is gonna the middle of the infield is gonna be open up a lot. You can't play a dude behind the second base anymore, so it's a lot of hits going to be up the middle. But I think the people are going to struggle. The pitchers are going to struggle with the pitch timing, uh, you know, for the probably for the first two weeks of the season before they get finally get used to it. But it's going to be it's, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle for the first week or first two weeks of the season. It's going to be a, definitely a struggle for them. Yeah, yeah, it, it's going to be because it's an it's a huge adjustment, right? Um, it, it's it's an adjustment for everyone. This is this is something new for Major League Baseball, and I understand why it's been done. Um, it's to speed up the game. It's to speed up the game. It's to, you know, it, it's to attract the younger generation because this younger generation think baseball is too slow of a sport. It's boring, so they're hoping that the pitch clock speeds up the game. Um, makes it faster than what it was before um and sometimes things are better off being left alone but what what i know about a lot of people is that they have trouble adapting to change you know and and i think once if it's something we get used to i think it'll be fine in in the long run you know but 
you're hearing people say, and I was saying this at first too, this kind of stuff is going to ruin the game of baseball. Keep the game as is, you know, and I mean, you would like to see it stay the same, but at the same time, you got to try to get more younger people in back into baseball. And I feel like baseball decided to add a pitch clock is to speed up the game. Uh, so it can hopefully lure a younger generation and captivate the interests of so many others as well. Uh, definitely, yeah. I think I think it's gonna it's that to speed up the game as well. And like I said, I think it's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be a lot of stolen bases. There's gonna be a lot of stolen bases this year. So don't be surprised if you see guys with like 50, 60 stolen bases because of the clock, the time clock timer and stuff like that. And you're gonna see a lot of a lot of you're gonna see a kind of a you're gonna see a lot of walks as well because you know pitchers don't have all that time. As soon as they get the ball, they get on the mound. They gotta already get ready to throw the uh, get ready to throw the next pitch. So again, um, it's gonna be interesting to see. But it's, it's I think some some great players are going to adjust to it. But no doubt, this gonna be playing in a per. Uh, and also, you got limited times to throw to first base too. You can't throw to first base all day long too. So. That's going to really mess up something. That's going to really, you know, kind of tire a pitcher out and stuff like that. So uh, we'll see. Can they uh, these big leaguers adjust and everything? So, you know, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out uh, slowly but surely. But, man, we ran out of time. It's been another great show. Uh, we'll do it again soon, as yep. we always do. And before we get out of here, we want to remind everyone to uh, – you know, like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, like the show. Uh, share this show. Uh, yep. Get it out there. And, you know, we want to remind you that we'll be back. Uh, same network, same time on Friday. We'll be right here again on Friday for another episode of the Judges Corner. But we want to yep. thank all our viewers out there for taking the time out of their night to join mm -hmm. us. As we, you know, covered some of the hottest topics in the sports world. Thank you, Brett. Thank you to all the other viewers who tuned in. We really appreciate it. And thank you to the viewers that will tune in to see this after the show comes to a complete end as well. Because I know some people don't watch the lives. They do watch later on and stuff like that. So I appreciate no. it. Um, it's been another great show, my friend, Coach. Uh, yep. Coach. You know, I they know where they could find you. They know where they could find me. Um, yep. They could find me on Facebook at the Sports Judge fan page. They could find me on Twitter, uh, Sports Judge eighty five. They could find me on TikTok, the Sports Judge eighty five. I'm on various platforms, so you guys can find me just about anywhere. And you guys are more than welcome to leave a comment, your comments, your questions, your concerns. We'll see you guys on Friday, though. Take care. Have a good night, everyone. Peace. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Good night.